Hi, I'm Ella, one of the co-hosts of this show. This is just a warning that at about like the middle of the episode, the audio quality just dips. I think we accidentally unplugged the microphone. Um, so I'm super, super sorry about that. Um, but it's still a good episode, I think. So I hope you enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast post game. I'm your co-host Ella. I'm your co-host Abby. And today on our pilot episode, we are discussing the first two episodes of Wolf 359. Um, but first, let's introduce ourselves. Um, I'll go first. My name is Ella, and I, I am what one would call a podcast connoisseur. I have listened to a lot. A lot. It was my most recent hyperfixation, so... She does um, this a lot. Yeah. Uh, my favorite podcast ever is King Falls AM. Um, I'm currently listening to the, um, the Adventure Zone and My Brother, My Brother, and Me, which are, like, the first non-audio fiction podcasts I've listened to, um, which I, I really like them. Um, so, yeah. Okay, I'm Abby, and Ella recently got me into audio dramas. The one we've been listening to on our own independently is the Magnus Archives, so by default it's my favorite podcast. And, um, I guess the best way to introduce me would be to say that I am the mom friend of our trio. Cheyenne, who is not with us currently, um... She she died recently and has not come back in her spirit form yet. She um, spelled Jonathan with an H. She yeah she spelled Jonathan Sims with an H. So we had to kill her. Um, it was a necessary. It was necessary. We're really sorry. Um, but she'll be coming back in her spirit form, uh, very very soon. Hopefully. Probably, probably somewhere around episode three or four of this podcast. Yeah. Um. So, that is, um, all about us. So, the very first show that we are going to listen through and discuss is Wolf 359. Um, so how we are going to do this is we will listen to the show beforehand, and then this, on this podcast, we are going to just discuss our thoughts on the show and just have a fun time. Um... If you want to know what we're talking about beforehand, a general rule of thumb you can use, at least for this series, is to listen to two episodes at a time before you listen to our podcast so that you know what we're talking about. Yeah. So, um, the about, Wolf 59 says, Life's not easy for Doug Eiffel, the communications officer for the USS Havestis Research Station, currently on day 448 of its orbit around Red Dwarf Star Wolf 359. He's stuck on a scientific survey mission of indeterminate length, 7.8 light-years from Earth. His only company on board the station are Stern Mission Chief Minkowski, Insane Science Officer Hilbert, and Hephaestus Station's sentient, often malfunctioning operating system, Hera. 
He doesn't have much to do for his job other than monitoring static and intercepting the occasional decades-old radio broadcast from Earth, so he spends most of, most of his time creating extensive audio logs about the ordinary, day-to-day happenings within the station. But the Hephaestus is an odd place, and life in extremely isolated, zero-gravity conditions has a way of doing funny things to people's minds. Even the simplest of tasks can turn into gargantuan struggle, and the most ordinary-seeming things have a way of turning into anything but that. Wolf 59 is a radio drama in the tradition of Golden Age Rev radio shows. Take one part space-faring adventure, add one part character drama, and mix in one part absurdist sitcom, and you get Wolf 359. Um, that was hard to read. <laughs> well, you read it. So I did. Thank you. I'm proud of myself. Um, so, let's start with, uh, the very, very first episode. Um, the first episode is titled Succulent Rat-Killing Tar, um, which is just an interesting title. Um, this episode, um, this episode features Zach Valenti as Eiffel and Dr. Hilbert, which I always love. I find it so funny that he voices both characters. Um, Emma Shajargo as Minkowski and Michaela Swee as Hira. So, before we start on the synopsis of the episode, I would just like to point out how impressive it is that the voice actor voicing both Hilbert and Eiffel does their voices. Oh because man, they're it's so, so awesome. They're so it's different so and unique. And you would never guess it's the same voice actor yeah. until they tell you it's the same voice actor. Mm-hmm. And he, you'll see um, later in the show, he wrote, he uh, voices someone else. And I had no idea he voiced, voiced that guy either until the end credits. Um, um, I think I just say it's Sam Lambert for those who've already listened to the show. I mean, you know that. Um, yeah, and the live episode is so incredibly awesome just in itself like I love the live episode but he switches between like Eiffel's voice and Hilbert's voice just just like that like it's an immediate from Eiffel to Hilbert and it's awesome. Zach Valenti is pretty cool. So the synopsis of this episode reads our premiere episode. Officer Doug Eiffel, communications officer on board the USS Hephaestus station, is willing to go to any length to procrastinate his work. Tasked with a pointless hunt for an alien intelligence, Eiffel would rather spend his time complaining about the station's malfunctioning autopilot system and making sure his stash of contraband cigarettes doesn't fall into the wrong hands. But when his instruments start picking up a mysterious radio signal from an unidentified source, Eiffel begins to wonder if someone, or something, could be trying to communicate with the Hephaestus. Plus, explosions, dangerous experiments, non-destructive hair dryers, handy-dandy tips for surviving in outer space, and creative interpretations for the word coffee. Um, so, Abby, what are your thoughts on this episode? Um, so my first note is, in all caps, this isn't Jonathan Sims. Oh, yeah, it's not Jonathan Sims. No, it, I was, bl- a, it was a shock to me at first whenever I heard Eiffel's voice. Because I was so used to us just listening to the Magnus Archives. That's the one, he's not British. And me. And it was kind of like a slap in the face because their voices are so different. And so I was just ready for my fix of the Magnus Archives. And instead we listened to 
Wolf 359, and so I got really upset about it and wrote, this isn't Jonathan Sims. Oh, yeah, he, Eiffel's character in, like, Jonathan Sims, his character is just completely different. You're gonna figure that out really quickly because they're so, like, the first episode, like, Eiffel, like, burped, and that's not Jonathan Sims. Um, <laughs> my very first note, note is Minkowski and then a thumbs down emoji and a frowny face emoji, um, because it annoys me because I've already listened to the show. Um, so like hearing Eiffel say Minkowski is <laughs> so majorly frustrating to me because I'm like, it's Minkowski and that confused me so like, I got so confused whenever I first listened to it because I was like, why are they pronouncing it Minkowski? There's a W there. Why? Like, it should be Minkowski, right? And I went along with Eiffel, and I always pronounced it Minkowski. And then, you know, I learned how it's supposed to be pronounced, and I was like, oh, shoot. So, this episode, try to think back. What were, like, your first impressions of all the characters? So, my first impressions... Well, I wrote a couple of them down. I wrote down for Hilbert, a doctor and genius, presumably, and later... I wrote down something else. I'm trying to find it. I think it's on episode two. I wrote down kind of dumb smart. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> Hilbert is such a he's such a fascinating character, um, and you don't learn a whole lot about Hilbert's character until later seasons. So yeah, but then um, Minkowski. My first impression of her was she's like she's a boss girl. Yeah, like, girl boss, get it. She's I, a girl boss. I love Minkowski. I, like, she's willing to, like, put down the law and, like, just say what needs to be said. And she enforces it. And I think that's very inspirational. And I think that we should have more female characters like that. Because a lot of shows always make this really sweet female character that's, like, motherly towards everyone. Which I'm kind of that way. But... You can be very Minkowski sometimes. I can be very <laughs> Minkowski sometimes. Like... You don't need to go do something that is stupid. Like, yeah. don't make dumb choices. Yeah, you are going to love Loveless. <laughs> you don't know her yet, but you are going to love Loveless. And um, just to, like, get all of them done and out of the way for me really quickly, um, my first impression of Eiffel really was, like... This isn't Jonathan Sims. Well, it was this isn't Jonathan Sims, but after I got over that, <laughs> the initial but shock. After I got over the initial shock of it not being Jonathan Sims, of course. Um, what I kind of started thinking about his character was he's kind of rebellious, but in like a childish manner. Oh yeah, he's such a child. Like, he wants the things he wants, but he's so childish and naive about how he gets them. Yeah, yeah. Like... He goes on deep space mission, doesn't read the manual, like, the how to survive in space manual beforehand. Yeah. Like, he's just kind of dumb about certain things, and it really reminds me of, like, my own relationship, because my partner, I guess, his name is Noah, he's really, really smart about certain things, <laughs> but he's also ridiculous ridiculously stupid about other things and when he listens to this i'm probably gonna get an earful about it but oh, um, yeah but he just like he does these really dumb things and i kind of could really connect eiffel's character to his personality 
because Eiffel just wants to do these things, but he always goes about getting them in the wrong manner. Yeah. Whenever he could have just an open discussion with someone, he chooses to just take things and Mm. lock himself in a room. You are going to... You're going to love the arguments that pop up on this space station because there are a lot of things that honestly could probably be fixed if two characters were just like, hey, this is what I'm feeling right now. And then they just talked it out. <laughs> There's right. a lot, like a lot of stuff could be so, like a lot of, I think, conflicts in not just the show could be solved with like, you know, just a communication you think, for a communications officer, Eiffel's not the best at communicating. No, not by any stretch of the imagination. Oh. Like, a character will try to talk to him, and he just shuts off the mic. It's great. <laughs> um, He's like, no, Sam, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm done with that. Um, so, I we have, like, notes that we wrote down while we um, have been like as we listen to it um and so my next note is how because eiffel sticks eiffel just sticks that cigarette into his mouth and just like has it there it reminds me of gus it's gus right from fault in our stars um yeah. but not um i i think i think it's um i think it's very interesting how do you find out that minkowski knew about Eiffel's secret stash of cigarettes, like, because Eiffel has these contraband cigarettes that he absolutely, more than likely, most definitely cannot have on a space station, and Minkowski knows this, and he does, she doesn't immediately throw them away, like, she knows that where they are, and she doesn't immediately, like, throw them, like, just out the chute, which I think is kind of sweet, I think it's kind of sweet of her. Yeah, and at the beginning, he kind of talks about how um, one time he set the air on fire by lighting a cigarette in the station. Yeah. And and it's like, he brought, like, what, 18 packs or something like that? Yeah, quite a few. <laughs> like, a lot. Definitely more than he should have. Yeah, like, he brought way too much. And then he kind of talks about how they don't get real coffee anymore. Yeah, which I think... It's very questionable how many supplies they sent them up there with because they ran out of coffee. Either that or, like, Minkowski, Eiffel, and Hilbert are just, like, chugging this coffee every single day. But they, like, how much coffee did they send them up with? And toothpaste, too, in the second episode, like, not nearly enough, Not nearly enough. But, um, after that is kind of, I think, where they start to introduce the plot a little bit. Because mm-hmm. that's when he starts checking the Alpha Psi sectors. And the first one has no contact. Second one, same story. And the third one, at first, has no contact. And then he sits and listens to it for a minute while he's talking out of his butt, because that's just kind of what he does. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, he hears something on it. Some music. Yeah, you definitely took a lot more in detail notes than I did because all, all I know is just um, Eiffel looking through stuff. Oops, look, there's music now. Yeah. So. And then uh, after that, like apparently the lab was making strange noises, like stranger than usual. <laughs> love the folly. Love the folly work. Yeah. Top and tier. then um, after that, Minkowski kind of like. Calls up Eiffel and is like, 
you gotta do you gotta go, work, you gotta bro. do this, you gotta go deal with this. And Eiffel's like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. After that, he asks Hira to pull up survival tips, I think. Mm-hmm. Price and Carter's. Man. That, that is, you, that is not the last time you're going to hear about Price and Carter's, like, I don't know the entire title, but it's something around Price and Carter's 1001 Deep Space Survival Tips or something. It is not the last time you'll hear about it. Um, so, some points that I have with what you said, um, I find it funny that Eiffel just was, like, walking, I, I imagine Eiffel was walking through the space station, probably procrastinating and avoiding work, and he stops, he hears, he hears some weird sounds in the lab, stops and records them, like, just, this is weird sounds, hold on, hold on, let me get, let me get this for my audio log, <laughs> um, and then Kira, Kira is so chipper in this, Kira is so chipper in the first episodes, and I love it so much. I, like, I think it's so interesting that she's just, like, because she's obviously, like, not, like, acclimated to these new people. Like, she doesn't, like, she's not used to them. She's, this is, like, the first time, like, she's really, she hasn't got to, gotten to know them yet, really. So she's, like, super chipper and, like, you do to do like so nice to them and it's really sweet <laughs> yeah I wrote down that they reminded me a lot of Sasha in the beginning of the Magnus archives oh. because here is just so like chipper and happy to be there not to like steal your words out of your mouth or anything oh it's fine but um like it was just so reminiscent of that type of character yeah. Man, I love Hira so much. Um, so, you wanna... Is that... You got anything else? I have something else. Um, another on the Minkowski-Minkowski thing. Um, there's one point whenever Eiffel goes... Eiffel, like, um, says Minkowski, and she goes, Excuse me? And he's like, uh, Commander Minkowski, sir. Yes. Girl boss. I... Man. That always, that always tripped me up, but now I'm like, you say Minkowski, it's like leaving, it's like putting an H in Jonathan Sims. <laughs> it's Minkowski. It's just unnecessary. It's Minkowski. Before we end this specific episode of Wolf 359 and move on to episode 2, the last thing I wrote down for episode 1 was, this dude really likes addictive things, which I think was referencing his coffee and cigarette addiction, but I think there might have been something else mentioned that prompted me to write that down. Um, um, I don't know. I don't, I think it was just cigarettes and coffee. Um, you are going to find that statement really funny later on. That's, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, I don't want to spoil it, I don't want to spoil it, but, um, then don't. You're definitely on the right track. You're definitely on the right track there. And <laughs> always. <laughs> okay, episode two. Little Revolution. The synopsis says, When Eiffel discovers that there's only one tube of toothpaste remaining on board the Hephaestus, he realizes that a delicate situation is upon the crew. His solution? 
Seal the toothpaste, barricade the door to the comms room, and hope for the best. How far are Commander Minkowski and Dr. Hilbert willing to go to recover the vital hygiene product? Plus, sub-zero temperatures, unique negotiating tactics, hydrochloric acid, Winston Churchill misquoting, and Peter Sellers playing a Game Boy. Well, I would just like to first point out that when we're talking about this, you guys don't get to hear the music that's playing in this podcast, and it is just, mmm, chef yes, kisses. Yes, it starts, and I'm like, yeah, you go! You love that little space station. Ah, oh, man, it's so good. Um, so the episode kind of opens, and he's... He's vibing. He's sitting there, like, listening to old radio songs, essentially. Yeah. And it's, like, from the same era of, as silent movies. Yeah, just, like, old, old music, and... And then, and then we get the, 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 um, Eiffel, hey, so, uh, what are you doing? You have you, have you seen the toothpaste lately? That's and then you get, she says, but. and then you get, Eiffel, you, you insubordinate hyena. hyena! I think that's later in the show, but man, maybe, no, maybe it's not, I think it's no, the beginning. That's, that's it's the very beginning. beginning, and then Eiffel's like, ah, and then turns down the sound. I also noticed at this point that there's a lot of Greek mythology references in this show. Is there? There's a lot. Because Hephaestus is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you'll realize. Like, yeah. There's so many oh, no, different you'll references. Yeah, and they just kind of drop them in there without, like, really mentioning them. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I can appreciate as someone who, like, geeked out on Percy Greek Jackson. mythology. Like, all the time. Yeah, you'll see. There's, there's, there are more space station names that you're gonna be like, yeah, sweet. And I thought a really important note to take on this episode was that there are 275 days of the mission left at this point. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, absolutely. That many days, no more at all. I promise, no more. Uh huh. No more. Wink, wink, wink. And um, Minkowski, so aggressive. Oh God, I love Mink. Minkowski in this episode is so amazing, because she's just 100% done with, like, Eiffel's crap. Like, she's willing to do absolutely nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. Absolutely anything to get this toothpaste. Um, how much toothpaste do they use? I think do they just drink it? Do they drink? I swear to God, they drink toothpaste. Uh, and I also find it, like, there's no way Eiffel uses that much toothpaste. There's no way he does. And he like I think Minkowski brushes her teeth three times a day. That's it. That might be it. Minkowski just she has to get her hygiene in. But I think when I think that Eiffel doesn't brush his teeth except for like once every week. Yeah, probably. But you know, gotta get that stale cigarette taste out of his mouth. Once a week. Yeah, once a week. So <laughs> he he straight up locks himself in the communication room. Which I love. I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. And so they shut off the temperature control on him. And I love Hira. Hira in this episode is so, like, her emotion in this. You see a little bit more of Hira's personality. um, And, like, she's not just, like, their sentient, like, autopilot. In that she talks to Eiffel. And she'll talk to Minkowski and Hilbert. Like, she's, like, a person there. And (laughs) she's great. She's great. Also, I'd just like to mention that Eiffel's real first name is Doug. It's Douglas. <laughs> the, the shock. The shock. Can you imagine? Just wait till you find out what his middle name stands. What his middle name is. Take a guess. What do you think Eiffel's middle name is? Mm. Timothy. 
Timothy? Alrighty. We'll roll with that for now. It's Timothy. That was also the ship has multiple protocols for him. Multiple. I, I Minkowski has Eiffel protocols. Multiple Eiffel protocols. Which was Eiffel protocol number one. If Eiffel does anything, if he breathes wrong, if he it's looks at me funky, he's going in the brig. In the brig. Note to self: find a place to put the brig. This is where I wrote that Hilbert is kind of dumb smart, because I think he did something, like, he makes synthetic coffee for them, but it doesn't taste good. It doesn't taste good. It's not coffee. It's It's not. It's seaweed. It's seaweed. It's it's seaweed. Where do they get the seaweed from? Do they have seaweed They don't have coffee beans, but they have plenty of seaweed (laughs) to go around. Do they just pluck it off of Wolf 359? Or maybe they grow it, actually, not... Can they not grow coffee beans? I don't quite understand. Well, that's a whole tree. Yeah. I mean, they could put it in there. I guess I get it, but at the same time, it's kind of really stupid if you have this giant ship to yourselves, and you have, like, don't they have, like, a green room? Don't they? Yeah, they have a green room. Like, they mentioned that later. Yeah, they mentioned later, like, third episode, like, they have a green room. Oh, my favorite line from here in this episode. Minkowski only plans to put you in the brig for X amount of days. Very generous. I love to hear her. Just, I love. She can be very sarcastic and very amazing. Um, I, my second, my first favorite quote is "I pull you insubordinate hyena." But my second one is um. Someone said someone said something about Eiffel like, premeditating this, and Eiffel goes. The very suggestion that that I would meditate anything is just like absurd. That's not like a quote. That's not like a. That's not direct. That's not a direct quote, but like that is, I relate to that. Um, my last note on this episode, and then you can like really hate yours, is the brig equals one broom closet. One singular broom closet. I think. Um, multiple people go into the brig. At po- different points, it's um, like six minutes in heaven. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Except like extreme kick each other in the face edition, according to Ella's reaction. <gasps> no, no. This is like one of this is like one of the only shows where there's not a lot of ships. There's not a lot of like romantic ships. <laughs> I was about to say Ella. There was quite a few space ships, but there's like not a lot of romantic ships. There's one. There are two that come on later in the show. Um, Do you mean cannon or fan? There's one. Fan. There's one cannon ship that comes on later in the show. Um, Great. Yeah, only one. And then there's one that guy wish it was cannon, but it never happens. A single tear. A single tear. For uh, since this is an audio only um, media, just know a singular tear just fell dramatically down my cheek. Um, so I do have a couple more notes. Um, number one, whenever they were freezing him, how in the world did he not get hypothermia? Like quickly, like he was like below thirty for like a while, and Hero was like, "Dude, you're gonna get hypothermia. How did he not already have hypothermia?" Um, and then I think it's. Price and Carter's rule number four, I think it was four. Um, when in doubt, whip it out. It being hydrochloric acid. Yes. That was a great quote. It, it, when in doubt, whip it out. It being girl boss Renee Minkowski. <laughs> Man. And then 
more showing of Hira's emotion. You're never, I'm never gonna not talk about Hira, and it always will be mentioned every two seconds. It's I legally have to do it. Kira distracting Eiffel, like during, like distracting Eiffel so they could whip out their hydrochloric acid, <laughs> is awesome. Cause she's like, hey Eiffel, look out the window, and Eiffel's like, yeah, it's a star. She's like, it's a very blue star. I think oh, look at that. You hydrochloric acid, boom. And then <laughs> Eiffel's final. You'll never take me. Bunk. He's out. Yeah. Um, so, anything else about episode two? I think we should start on overall impressions of the show so far. Alright, so, let's, I have a few questions, I've got a few questions that I have, um, for you, Abigail. Oh, um, man. So, first I'll start, um, I'll start with serious questions. First one, who's your favorite character so far? Mmm, that's hard. I think I need to learn more about them before I can pick a favorite. I, my favorite was Eiffel from the very beginning. Like, for Eiffel was my I think Hilbert is was kind of so my, I think Hilbert right now is my comfort character in the show. Nice. Um, least favorite character. Or like, the, or like, if you like all the characters, just with the characters that you like just a little bit less than the rest. The character I like a little bit less than the rest right now is probably, uh, Mintoski. Um, yeah, I'd say that if I, if you were to ask me whenever I was first listening to this, I would probably say Minkowski or Hira. I would might have it's said Hira definitely first. one of those two. I might have said Hira whenever I first listened to it, which is really weird considering the fact that I just talked about how much I love Hira so much. I now love Hira a lot. Um, no, I think at that point my least favorite would be Hira. Um, so predictions. What are your predictions for these characters? Including who's most likely to die? Which of these characters do you think is going to die? Warning. Wolf fifty nine has a lot of people dying. Um. So who do you think is most likely to die? I think Hilbert is most likely to die. Yeah. Do you? I really um, do because like, there's so many things that can go wrong with his like just day to day life. Oh yeah. Adds that's like true. all the adventure aspects mm-hmm. to it like. That's true, no. that's true. Yeah, I think they're gonna get stranded, honestly. Like, I think something's gonna happen and they're gonna end up stranded out there. Mm-hmm. Like, some player's gonna come off of Wolf 359 and it's gonna shut down the ship, except for, like, maybe Hira. Mm-hmm. Or not, you know, depending. And then they're just gonna be like, oh crap, well, what do we do? And then they have to fix everything, and then, like, other people are gonna show up to try and help because there's some, like, a distress signal, signal or something like that. I don't know. That's just kind of my basic impressions of what might happen. Sorry, I'm too, I, I, I couldn't talk for a hot second because I was like squishing my face to keep from like smiling or showing any emotion whatsoever. As I completely predict the entire podcast. Mm, I'm not saying you didn't. <laughs> um, so, like, what are you, okay, so for the characters, who, what are your predictions for the characters? Like, what kind of things do you think will happen to I think Lentovsky is definitely going to become more mom-like. Yeah, there's only found family trope in this, which I love so much. And then I think that Eiffel is probably going to come to respect the people he's with a lot more and kind of grow out of the naive, childish thing just a bit. Oh yeah, Eiffel's, Eiffel's, I'm just going to go out and say Eiffel's growth throughout the show is just so amazing. Especially looking back, like, 
looking back and like Eiffel just continuously messing up Minkowski's name just it kind of shows like he doesn't really like care that deeply about any of these people because he just keeps repeatedly saying Minkowski so um love Eiffel Eiffel so love Eiffel um uh for my last question Abigail which of these characters do you think sleeps with their socks on or their socks off Oh my goodness. I think Eiffel sleeps with his socks off. I think Minkowski yes. sleeps with his socks on. And I think Dr. Hilbert does it depending on the night. I think he definitely sleeps with his socks off most nights, but under the covers strictly. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm a bit more specific with it. I think Eiffel sleeps with his socks off. And I think he's one of the, I think he's one of the people who's very strict about it. And he's like, absolutely will not sleep with my socks on. Um, I think, I think Minkowski is like, is kind of like that with socks on, where she'd prefer her, like, the socks on, um, but if, like, she gets into bed and if her socks are off, she's gonna, like, she's not gonna go put socks on. I think Hilbert, honestly, I told you to assume Hilbert sleeps, first of all. <laughs> Both of us assume he actually goes to bed, ever. Um, Big doubt, he just... Drinking that seaweed coffee. <laughs> That's why they're out of coffee. That's why they're out of coffee. Hilbert just continuously drank it all. Yeah, um, exactly. Hilbert's kind of tough. I think he's probably, I think he doesn't really care that much, honestly, if I were to say, but I think he probably leaves him off. So, alrighty. Uh, so that's all that we have. Um, thank you for listening to Wolf of 59 Abigail, and thank you, dear listeners, for listening to us. As always, we'll be back in the next episode, whether or not it's a different podcast, which it won't be. We're going to do episodes three and four of Wolf 359 mm-hmm. next episode. So if you don't want to hear us talk about this one more, just Good wait on. a little later. No, Ella. Just Sorry. wait a little Sorry. later because we'll we, do... We'll whip it out. It mm-hmm. being hydrochloric acid. <laughs> we'll whip it out. It being a different podcast. Hydrochloric acid, the podcast. It's Ella. Um, I'm recording this bit after uh, recording the rest of the episode because during the outro we recorded, I was singing Take a Chance on Me by ABBA, um, and I don't want to be eaten by copyright sharks, so I had to cut it out. Um, But thank you so much for listening. Um, Episode 2 is out where we discuss episodes 3 and 4 of Wolf 359 is already out, so please, please, please go listen to it. Um, thank you so, so, so much. Um, bye.